Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the Webby-nominated podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Please also check out my other podcast, Kids Do Have Time to Read Books. I'm on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books and at Kids Do Have Time to Read. So please follow me. And if at any time you have suggestions, my email is zibby at zibbyowens.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much to my latest sponsor, the Mermaid Pillow Company, mermaidpillowco.com. They make these amazing pillows with sequins on the back and positive messages on the front. And they now even make custom pillows and blankets. It's an amazing company. And if you enter the code Zibby, Z-I-B-B-Y, you will get 10% off, which is super cool. So please check them out, mermaidpillowco.com. I'm here today with Julie Morgenstern. Julie is an internationally recognized organizational consultant who has written six books, including two New York Times bestsellers, Organizing from the Inside Out and Time Management from the Inside Out. Her latest book is Time to Parent, Organizing Your Life to Bring Out the Best in Your Child and You. Julie has written columns for Red Book, Oh, the Oprah Magazine, and many other publications and has appeared on countless TV and radio outlets. Now I feel like I want to go try to count them for her. She hosts workshops, coaching clinics, and speaks around the world to help people find real solutions to their time management issues, which of course we all need. She also writes two blogs on juliemorgenstern.com called The Balanced Parent and Organizing You. So welcome to Julie. So thanks, Julie. Thanks for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It's so nice to be here with you, Zibby. I have a million things I want to ask you. I'm like totally transforming my life based on the system that you presented in this book. I thought it was so helpful. So can you start by just telling listeners what Time to Parent is about and what made you write this book now? Yeah. So Time to Parent is basically a manual. I think it's the manual that's been missing from society for generations of how a parent can think about how to organize their time to cover everything that really needs to be done. We all want to be there for our kids, but not lose ourselves in the process. We want to spend time in our relationships, but also have time for ourselves. And parenting is the biggest, most challenging, most noble job in the world. And there's never been a manual of how to manage your time. And when my daughter was born... I was looking for a manual. I was like, where's the manual? Why are they not handing out time management brochures with every (laughs) baby that's born in the maternity ward or in the offices, like the waiting rooms of pediatricians' offices? And as a professional organizer and a time management coach, which is my profession, I've been doing it for 30 years. It's remarkable because I'm only 28. So I don't know how I, <laughs> I pulled that I was thinking off. to myself, yeah. how has she been doing this so No long? way. So it keeps me young. <laughs> and I never really targeted parents. I just, it was organizing and time management. But as it turns out, 80% of my clients, male and female, are parents because they struggle with the time being time-stretched and trying to choose between priorities. So I just thought, someone's got to write this book. I had to wait till my daughter was out of the house to do it. I never could have written this book while I was actively parenting because all you're doing is like head down, making the best choices and praying to God you're doing it right while you're in it. And when I was, when she, you know, flew flew the nest, Mm -hmm. I started the process of thinking about this and reflecting on all these years with clients and the patterns and did research 
which we can talk about. Should I talk a little talk bit about, about that? Talk about it, sure. Yeah. And also, you, the, yeah. you started when your daughter was a baby, you were having trouble getting out of the house. Tell that story. And that's oh, what- yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I was not always an organized person. It's really important for everybody to know that. Now, I, I, and, and FYI, Julie was late getting here today, late. lest you think that her time <laughs> management skills are that good. <laughs> Eight minutes late. I was. Blame it on traffic. It was actually poor planning no on my perfect. part. No one is perfect. Perfect. And even when you get organized, I think the most important thing is getting organized does not mean your life is going to run perfectly smoothly. It just means that you have the tools to get back on track every time life throws you a curveball. When traffic goes bad or you're, you know, not you're being a perfectionist about something and it takes too long. So how did I get started here? So I was notoriously disorganized growing up. I was a theater person, very right brain, creative person. Every paper was late. I lost a gazillion things. And when my daughter was born, she was like three weeks old, and she woke up from a nap, and I thought, this is the perfect opportunity to take her for her first walk. And I sent my husband for the car, and I went to get the baby. And then right before I picked her up, I was like, wait a minute, you can't just take babies out. Like, you need stuff. What do I need? And where's the diaper bag? And where's the stuff? And every time I thought of something I needed, I had to go find it. And every time I thought I was ready, I thought of something else. And two and a half hours passed. My husband waiting in the car outside the whole time, as was his, you know, standard way. Like, Mm -hmm. I was always leaving him like that. And by the time I was ready, I had this diaper bag overstuffed with like half the house. That baby was going to be prepared for that walk. She was, yeah, (laughs) whenever she she needed that. (laughs) And I went to get her and she had fallen back asleep and my heart just broke. And I just looked at this innocent child in her crib sleeping and I thought, this child is never going to see the light of day if I don't get my act together. I'll never get her to school on time. I won't fill out the forms on time and I just was determined to get organized. And I started with the diaper bag. And I told my husband, forget, like, I blew it. Come on in, park the car. And I, with this fit of determination, I, like, dumped this bulging diaper bag on the floor. And I grouped similar items. I was just, like, put all the sweaters. I had brought, like, multiple Mm -hmm. sweaters, all the changes of clothes, the things to entertain her with. And I just grouped things And then I pared down. I was like, she does not need three different sweater weights for a walk, like a 20-minute walk by the river. Like one medium-weight sweater will do. She doesn't need six changes of clothes. So I just pared down each pile, and then I gave each category its own divide section in the divided bag. Like, oh, this is where her sweater will be. This is where her change of clothes. This is where the entertaining stuff. And then I wrote a little inventory of everything that belonged in the bag on a piece of paper, and I put that in its own little pocket because I thought, I never want to go through this thinking process again. I I figured it out. Mm -hmm. I'm documenting this. And then every time I came home, I would just, like, restock the bag, and we were always ready to go. And I felt very victorious. I felt very, oh, my God, I organized something, and I felt ready. Mm -hmm. And I, I felt... Never again is my child going to miss an opportunity because I'm not ready. And I really think that's what being organized is all about, especially for a parent. 
And that's what's so great is that you figured it out and then decided to share it with everybody. You could have just like kept that little nugget to yourself, but you decided to dedicate your career to basically helping other people have those victorious moments as well. I did. Which is awesome. I did because I had craved organization for years. I was always, oh, I wish I was organized, but I was always like, I didn't know how to do it. I couldn't figure it out for myself. I was a little scared of being organized because I thought I would become less creative and spontaneous mm. as much as I craved it. And so, yeah, it was a few years later. It was when I got divorced. Three years after that, I got divorced. And Too I, much waiting in the car. He was like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just a symptom of a much bigger... <laughs> if you had had that diaper bag ready earlier... Oh, man, I would still be married. And I don't think I want to be, so all right. <laughs> <laughs> that was just not the right marriage. It was definitely not the right marriage. But yeah, I I feel like I've because I was so disorganized and I craved it and couldn't find my way. Once I figured it out, I'm really good at walking people across the bridge, at meeting them where they are. And my entire approach to organizing, I call it from the inside out. That I think every system has to be custom designed to the person who's using it. No two people think alike, and it has to sort of be organic to the way you think and what your goals are, what your needs are, or what your family's needs are. You can do it as a unit. Yeah. So I love how you took organization and time management and made it something that a parent could follow and that was something concrete. Like I'm, And now I'm being vague about it. But here, let me read this quote you said. You said, yeah. the responsibilities of parenthood can feel simultaneously ambiguous and infinite, where it is hard to see the edges in order to manage the job with confidence. Lack of clarity often leads to time clutter with too many precious hours focused on low-value activities, like worrying about whether you're spending your time well. Organizing the job and approaching it systematically will allow you to take control and make confident time choices while being fully present in each thing you do, which is amazing. And then you also say later how what you've seen in many organizations is that failure can come from when people don't have clearly defined roles. Yes. And when they don't have clear roles and responsibilities, things fall through the cracks. So you took these two things, basically, and developed this part-self system, yeah. which is genius. Yeah. So do you want to quickly run through those parts and self, or do you not want to give it away? Yeah, or, no, no, or you want happy me to, to give or? it away. Yeah, we could, you, you want I to share it? You should sure. do it in your own words. In my own words. Okay, so part is division of time and energy you spend with the kids. So with he, or on. With, with or, or on. For. With or for the kids. Doesn't so have to be in let's person. take it up one notch. I'm gonna help Zibby. We're gonna do this together. Okay. Okay. So the most important thing is what I did is I defined the edges of the job. What is yes, it that, that a parent has to juggle their time between? Yes. It's not eight thousand things. Right. That's four, what it feels four like. Primary buckets. Yeah. It's really and it's not two things right. that you have to juggle. It's basically first divide the job in two. You have part of it is raising a human mm-hmm. and being then a human. being a human right. because and parents miss that. Yes. We all miss that. We think, oh, we just sacrifice ourselves and everything's for our kids. But that's not as sustainable. Mm-hmm. It's not a good role model for your kids. You can't be a good parent if you are not taking care of yourself at all, as we know intellectually. So first you divide the job into two parts, and then each of those has four components. And now, Zibby, 
You're on. So what's the raising a human? There's four activities okay, this that is we a have quiz. to this will balance our time between. Four okay. activities to raise P a human. is for providing. So yeah. that's everything related to making sure kids have shelter, food, all of those basic needs met. Yeah. A is for arranging, which I feel like is my life. Yes. Logistics and forms and making sure everything is ready and that your kid doesn't Forget special snack on special snack day like my kid just did and all those things. R is for relating, the time you actually have that quality one-on-one -on -one time where you're like looking your kid in the eye, you're on the carpet, you're not on your phone, you're like paying attention to your child. Yeah. And T is teaching, so being a mentor, role modeling, and also actually teaching kids how to do things in the world. Yeah. So that's for or on right. behalf of the kids. Right. And, and they then, spell an acronym. And they spell part. Part, as in doing your part. Doing your part. For another person, right? Provide, arrange, relate, teach. Four activities. Okay. Then there's the taking care of yourself part. Right. Aspect, which makes you better at doing all the other things. Yeah. Which obviously, and I've said, I've heard these things. Well, okay, so it's self, which is S, is for sleep. Yeah. Which is so important to everything, including just cognitive functioning and everything else. Exactly. But easy to... Toss aside is important, which I often do. Yeah. E is for exercise. Yeah. Also, like the first thing off my list usually, yeah. which is really bad. And you spell out in great detail all the reasons why in a compelling way, not like in a, ugh, I've heard this before way. L is for love, yeah. which includes your relationships with your spouse yeah. and your loved ones and friends and the importance of being together and connecting with other people, not just your kids. And F is for fun, which I thought was such a great thing to include. So pursuing your own hobbies and your own things that you enjoy doing in life because you can't be just a one-dimensional parent. And like you said in the book, like if you were a writer before, you liked to knit before, pick those hobbies back up. You're still, that's still who you are. Like don't let those go. Yes. And then taken all together, you can allocate your time on all those different endeavors. Right. And then the interactions of those things. So in the book, and I'm going to let you talk, in the book you have things like if you're a parent that specializes in just the providing and just the arranging, you know, maybe you need to work on the relating a little bit more. And like maybe for you, like you have to tell yourself to get down on the floor for 10 minutes a day or things like yeah. that. So, and you have a quiz. So I don't know, for someone like type A like myself, having it in a grid spelled out, is super helpful. So tell me how you came up with this, and thank yeah. you for the system. Good. So how, I how <laughs> it's so funny how I came up with it. So I was originally going to write the book just about how to about quality time, quality time with your kids, how to deliver it, how to make time for it, how to make space for it, because over the years, clients who would hire us or come to speeches or workshops for getting organized or managing their time had the universal goal. The reason they wanted to get organized was so they had more space for quality time with their kids and quality time for themselves. If I was only more organized, I could really be present with my kids. If I was only more organized, I'd have time for myself or to go for a walk with a friend. So those were the elusives. And I knew from research that time and attention is the single greatest gift that we can give anybody, including ourselves, that you can give to kids. We all want it as kids. Like you just want to be, somebody give you undivided time and attention. It's the greatest gift. It makes you feel valued and valuable. And you said it doesn't even have to be that much time. No, that was a the, really big impact. Exactly. I think that was the greatest discovery I made. When I did the research for the book, I was like, I know parents want that, but how much time and attention do kids really need? Mm -hmm. Because how can I give parents a guide 
on how to divide their time. If I don't know the answer to that, I'm not a parenting expert. I'm an organizing expert. So I had to go to the experts. How much time and attention do kids need? The whole quality versus quantity debate. And I thought if we know the answer to that, we can organize around that. And here's what I found out. And I was shocked. I did not know this. I did not know this when I was raising my daughter. So kids thrive on short bursts. And when I say short bursts, I'm talking five to 15 or 20 minutes tops at a time. Short bursts of truly undivided attention, eyeball to eyeball, delivered consistently rather than big blocks of time delivered occasionally. And the reason for that is that kids have short attention spans. And many experts say to calculate about a minute for each age of life. And if you stop and think about that, it really makes sense. Like a one-year-old has a one-minute attention span before their eyes drift to the next shiny object. Or a five-year-old, if you're going to have a one-on-one deep conversation with a five-year-old, it's probably not going to last more than five minutes. But I'm not sure. I have a 42-minute attention span these days. 42? <laughs> you do. Oh, yeah. Well, I think there's this certain... Yeah, I think after maybe off. like 15, 15, after age 15, forget 15, it. 15, that's right. <laughs> I'm like, I can't focus on anything that long anymore, except no. for a book, aside from a book. And But it's sort of the key to both nurturing your kids is just think in terms of at each transition point in your kid's day, at each reconnection point, there's like pivot points in a kid's day. That's when they first wake up, when they go off to school, when you get home together at the end of the day, dinner and bedtime. If at the beginning of each reconnection point or transition, you spend the first five or seven or three or 10 minutes giving your kid undivided attention, then you can do the logistics, you can do the together, but a part-time, you can check, did you do your homework? I'm going to do dinner. All of that, it's about doing it at those transitions and doing it first. Mm -hmm. And then you can do together, but a part-time. And I think it's incredibly liberating to know that it's just short bursts. We can all put our phones down for 10 minutes. Literally got to put your phone down. It doesn't count if you're half in your phone and listening to your kid's story. Your kid knows. Yeah. An adult knows. Yeah. So it's just short bursts. That, and you can do the same thing for self-care, by the way. Ten minutes of sleep? No, other than <laughs> sleep. Sleep, we really, 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 I mean, you have to be a sleep ninja as a parent. You have to, it's the first, as you said, Zibi, to go. And we just overestimate our ability to function on very little sleep, on not exercising and lack of self-care. We just overestimate ourselves. And then we end up short-tempered slow in our thinking process. We're not as creative even in dealing with our kids. So you have to get try to get a full night's sleep. But when you don't, because as a parent, you always often have interrupted sleep mm-hmm. or shorter sleep, learn to take rest in 10 minutes or 20 minute doses. Don't just go all day. Become like a master of just sitting still right. for 10 minutes physically and drinking a cup of tea and eating your sandwich is a form of rest that actually can restore you when you did not get enough sleep at night. So don't just always operate. It's like 10 minutes, 20-minute rest periods, 20 minutes or less of exercise. Learn to like nurture your love relationship in short bursts and, and fun. You talked about knitting if you were a knitter or you were an actor, or you, you know, you're, you're not going to get to be in the theater every night, or you're not going to be able to knit for hours on end, but you could do 20 minutes a day. Yeah. You can. So now 
I know all these different buckets. How do I then figure out how to spend the time? Like, let's say arranging, which takes me, not because I want to, not because I'm particularly good at it, but it just, the demand of it is such a big time suck. What do you do then? Like, what, like, I want to be on the floor relating more, but I have to take care of the other stuff first. I want to work out every day, but... I have to do some of these other things. Like, so what do I do with that? So arrange that quadrant is without exception the single biggest sort of time trap for parents, particularly moms. I mean, it still falls mostly as much as men, today's men and husbands participate way more in childcare and housework. It's still the main emotional labor and mental labor and physical labor is mostly the woman's. So the very first thing is I think you have to rethink the entire approach and your sense of ownership around the range. And I challenge everybody to stop thinking of it. It's not your job. Those logistics are not yours. They are the family's logistics. I see you're like... Well, I'm divorced. Okay. I'm remarried, but it's not like I'm not going to drag my husband into this. He's the stepdad. Like, I'm just not, you know, yes, I see what you're saying. You can offload it onto other people in your family. Share it. It's not offload. Okay, okay, fine. Share. (laughs) It's not offload. I mean, honestly, recently I've started asking my babysitters to do a lot more of the logistics stuff and like helping me with forms because I am just like, if my babysitter could help me with the form, then I could be on the ground for those 10 minutes while she does the form. So, yes, she's like babysitting me. The one area There's so much. It's a much bigger job than anybody ever realizes. It's so time demanding, mentally demanding. There's so many different skills involved, organizational skills, complicated to organize for a family, way more complicated than organizing for an individual. And you need to really, it's kind of PhD level organizing. You have to create incredibly simple systems that anybody can follow. A a teenager who you hire for just a day can understand how to stack the dishwasher and how to do the laundry and where things go. It has to be like kindergarten simple, and that way it's much easier to share and delegate. So you really have to streamline it, but it is the one thing that is the most delegatable of everything. Mm -hmm. You're irreplaceable in that those short bursts of undivided attention. Your kid wants you Mm -hmm. to look at them like they are the sun and the moon and the stars and be interested in whatever story or dumb book or dumb game they want to play that you want to, you're not interested in, but they want you, they want to share it with you. That is the part you're not replaceable on. You can have other people who do that. It's not like you're the only one, but arrange and logistics, honestly, they're just mechanical tasks. It's shopping, it's figuring out the food, it's putting the food together, it's cleaning up the dishes, it's, you know, picking up the clutter, it's putting things back in their homes, it's anybody can, it's, those are mechanical tasks, those are shareable. And studies say that kids who are responsible for chores growing up have the most successful careers in life. So it's not a burden to your kids, which we feel. I mean, why do we not do it? I was a single parent. I felt so guilty about that, that I was not going to push my kid and in my limit and a working single parent. I didn't want to take what little time I had with my daughter and get into battles about cleaning up or doing chores. So I let I just like I just did it. It's not good. They, they want to participate. Your kid would rather 
share that work and have a job mm-hmm. and have more time with you than have a perfectly organized house and perfectly you know, orchestrated gorgeous meals and a perfectly running life that you are too busy arranging to spend time with them. They'd much rather have a plain sandwich than a fancy sandwich if that would mean they get five minutes with you. It's a mindset shift. And your other key takeaway, I thought, in the book was the way in which you invest energy in each of the buckets. So the mad, no, mod, min, max. Yeah. So you can spend, figure out first before you do a task, how could you do it the best possible way ever, which is like the goal, which is the achievable goal. This is like, and you said like for a birthday party, this is like when you're hand baking the cake in a shape and decorating it to look like a you know, Cinderella shoe or I don't know, something yeah, like exactly. that. And then that the, actually slips off. That slips off. <laughs> and then inside yeah. are all the little prizes for all the exactly. kids in the party. And then the minimum you could do on a birthday party, which is like call the place and have them run the whole thing for you. Or moderate, which is somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And then at least you think about the boundaries and then arrive. And so is the advice to do the moderate amount? No, your advice was like, Depends on the situation. Sometimes you want to do the max and sometimes you don't need to. Yeah, I think it's our perfectionist. Perfectionist mindset is there's only two ways to do anything exceptionally well Mm -hmm. or it's such a disaster you're embarrassed and it's like, why bother? And that black and white thinking is paralyzing, Mm -hmm. first of all, which leads to a lot of procrastination. You're like, oh my God, if I can't do this right and I don't have time, so I keep putting it off, that puts a lot of time pressure on you. And it also leads you to spend more time on certain things that then steals your ability to do the others. Now, I've defined only eight Mm -hmm. things total Mm -hmm. that you have to divide your time between as a parent. You have to make time for each and contain the time. You can't let any one of those eight quadrants or any two of them monopolize your time at the expense of the rest. So, And we gravitate toward what we're good at and away from what we're not so confident. So the, this roadmap kind of allows you to go, oh, there's eight things. How am I doing? Oh, I'm spending too much time here. I have to contain that. I have not been over to relate for a while. I got to go make time for it. I'm spending too much time teaching, not enough time relating. I have not done anything for fun. I'm not spending time at all with my significant other, even like 20 minutes at the end of the day to say, hey, how was your day? So it just is an awareness thing. And to make sure you contain the time, you have to watch your perfectionist tendencies because perfectionism will keep you in one quadrant like 10 times longer than you need to because you're trying to do that thing perfectly. So Max Mod Men is like, It changes you from black and white thinking to shades of gray. And the skill is being able to define three levels for a task. And it's hard at first. You're like, what's the max? Well, I could tell you what the max is. What's the min? It's probably doing nothing, but that's not actually what min is. Min is like, it's a clever way to get the job done. And then moderate, somewhere in between. And by identifying those so concretely, it gives you choices. It gives you options. And as a parent, 
every day expands and contracts and like you had plans for the day and then a kid gets upset about something and you lose half an hour to a tantrum or, you know, work calls or, you know, things go wrong. So Maximod Min allows you, it's like an accordion to right size tasks for the moment, for the situation, for everything else going on and nothing gets neglected. It's like, it just keeps you very fluid and agile it gives you options, which is so liberating. It is. I love that. That's really helpful for me. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it, it's just, that was one of the most, you know, that there's a choice. Some things don't have to be perfect. I mean, I feel like as a mom of four, I've come to realize this because I can't do everything perfectly. I just can't. I'm always messing up. But I love just having it like, okay, I'm choosing this one. So. And, and those sometimes men and mod is actually smarter. Even if you had all the time in the world, like, yeah, I don't need to do that. That max, no one's even paying attention to it other than me. It is not worth that time under right. any circumstances. And that it's actively taking time away from something else, which exactly. is also the important. context. So everything is like, you know, I'm seeing this as like a, like it's like a bar graph, like in the yeah. old days, and yeah. like all the different colors for your different things. So the more I spend on this, the smaller I'm going to have for something else. So That's like, exactly right. And I think that's what the framework really helps with, which is it gives you the perspective of this is the full playing board. There's nothing in your peripheral vision that you're missing, but you're also not getting like going down a rabbit hole and thinking the whole job is this. Yep. Right? And so it gives you that flexibility and agility and give in the system without giving anything up. You don't have to give anything up. And now you're developing the system for teenagers as well. You have something coming with your teenage daughter, or you I have that book is out. The book I is wrote, out. Oh, oh yeah, amazing. I wrote a book with I'm my. Sorry, I should have known that. That's all right. No, I wrote a book with my daughter when she was in high school, the organizing from the inside out for teens, and it's a great book. She co-authored it, and it's about how to organize for teens, space and time at home at school, in your locker, all of that. And it's a wonderful book. I think it's very helpful in two ways. One, the teenage years are really the time when we, as humans, really need organizing systems. Those skills become extra important, both developmentally, what's going on in the brain. That's kind of when you're supposed to be like developing those skills. And also your life gets more complicated. You're not just in one classroom all day. You're in blah, blah, blah. But it's also the hardest time for a parent to be able to guide their kids because teenagers are like, I can do this myself, leave me alone. It's like that's the years when kids are fighting to have some identity of their own and sort of blend, unfortunately, with their kids, their friends. So the book is really helpful where kids can read it themselves. Parents can read it and sort of there's a whole section on how to actually support your kids in getting organized and be more of their coach than their teacher or their doer. And I have a whole section in there that organizing with your kid, if it's done with no judgment, is one of the best ways to get to know your kid in the world. But you have to go in with no judgment to do it from the inside out. And I kind of coach you to be the coach and ask your kid, what is this? And, you know, how would you group these things? And you learn how their brains work and what's important to them. So it can be one of the greatest ways to get to know your kid. And you sort of can be a wonderful experience, but it can't be you feeling bad Mm -hmm. that you don't know how to teach your kid to get organized because that really ruins 
your ability to be present because you just feel guilty. And it can't be organizing your way. You have to like help them organize the way they think and sort of shape. It's really wonderful. I'm definitely getting that next. Yeah. I have twins who are about to be 12, so I'm... Perfect time. Yeah. Perfect time. So, yes. Well, Julie, thank you for coming on Mom's No Time to Read Books. This has been so life-changing, really. I'm like staying in touch with you and letting you know how this all goes I for want me, you to. I want you to. And I think that the thing about the book is to keep in mind that for moms who don't have time to read, you actually don't have to read the book cover to cover. Mm-hmm. It's designed, you can read the first two parts, which is the principles in under an hour, probably under 45 minutes. And then the rest of the book, you just, it's organized around the quadrants. So each chapter, if you feel I'm spending too much time in a range, go into that chapter and you go pull tips. And the tips are either general, there are general, conceptual, and then it's also age by age. How do I apply this? What can I ask a 12-year-old to do around the house that's reasonable? And so everything is sort of both age by age and then... And just, you don't have to do it all. Max Mod Min on the book, too. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Love it. All right. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Thanks again to my sponsor, Mermaid Pillow Co. Mermaidpillowco.com slash Zibby. Enter code Zibby for 10% off. Thanks so much. Check out those really awesome giftable pillows and blankets. Thanks for listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. You can follow me on Instagram at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books and at Zibby Owens and my new podcast at Kids Do Have Time to Read. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Thanks for listening. You could always email me at zibby at zibbyowens.com. 